and live from the internet, it's ZenLive. That's right. We're very excited to have our new hashtags. And we have, of course, as ever, a fantastic guest today, uh, Chloe Willards, who is a teacher, an expert at digital communication, an author of three books, including Digital Marketing Like a Pro, Video Marketing Like a Pro, and The Conversity Model, amongst others. We're extremely happy to have you on the show. I've known Chloe for uh, 20 years, we believe. So when the internet, as you said, was in black and white. Um, and uh, she's actually rewriting uh, or updating her book, Digital Marketing Like a Pro, which is a really amazing resource for communicators. It's a kind of Bible of digital marketing. And you wrote this a few years ago. So I want to ask you first, in upgrading that book, what are the big changes that you actually, which, which are the chapters you have to rewrite and what have you kind of uh, been focused on in this, these past weeks? Well, I wrote it in 2018 and uh, I also mentioned among the other platforms something called Google Plus. And, uh, and, and that's the, the annoying thing about writing a handbook like this one because this is written for students uh, in, 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 uh, in colleges and universities who have to get to know the basics of digital marketing. And, uh, and then it's kind of you know, embarrassing if there's uh, something is mentioned that is no longer there. Um, uh, also, I mentioned a promising young platform called Musical.ly uh, in my book, and then a year later, TikTok exploded. So, and another thing is, um, I'm a little stressed out, to be honest, because I should I should already be working on it. Uh, my deadline is next week on uh, the 6th of July. Um, it's 400 pages, so that's way, way, way too much. Uh, I ha also have to decide what I'm going to uh, leave out in the next edition. So, so what are you going to, I mean, what are the big changes? What's the, is there a chapter that you had to rewrite because of the pandemic or because of, uh, you know, some of the changes you experienced? What, what's the most challenging uh, change that you're, you're working on and that you're thinking, damn, I have to rewrite that whole bit? I'm going to keep the structure because it, it like all good things, uh, it has three main parts. Um, the prepare, which is the P in digital marketing like a pro, uh, run, which is channels and tactics, and then optimize is about your job as a digital marketeer is never done because you see when you see the results coming in of a campaign, for example, after like two days, uh, you owe it to yourself to adapt, uh, to change a little bit, to tweak it so that you constantly optimize. So the prepare, run, optimize structure will remain the same. Um, I think I'm going to keep the strategy part because that never changes. Um, how to prepare for a planning, uh, stick to the planning, adapt when necessary. But of course, the channels, uh, the channels will change. I see a lot more mobile-first uh, channels than in 2018, for example. Um, even in the creating, when you create content, for example, we live now mostly in a mobile first uh, world, which is luckily my, my second one, video marketing like a pro, I already, I already took that into account. You don't need a, a literal camera crew with these heavy cameras. You can make marketing videos with the camera already you already have, which is your camera phone. So quick question. I love books. We love books here at ZN. However, would a, um, a piece of information like this be not much better suited as a video series, as a 
um, as a online course? Uh, why did you choose to turn it into a book, which, as you say, it gets out, out, outdated, specifically when you talk about channels so, so quickly? Yes, you're absolutely right. And I do, I do uh, make educational videos, um, um, but in a specific context. For example, um, one of the projects I'm most uh, proud of is that I made a video series uh, teaching creative people or creative entrepreneurs. Uh, it's called, it's in, it's in Dutch, it's called uh, uh, Digital Ondernemen in the Creative Sector, which is like a digital entrepreneurship in the creative in industry. And I made a series of educational videos, both on uh, Facebook and on YouTube, uh, teaching uh, performing artists, for example, or a theater company, how they can use digital channels uh, to promote themselves and to connect with their audience. A book, however, it's not a book you're supposed to read. Sometimes people come up to me and they say, I bought your book, I'm gonna read it over the weekend, and then I think you're gonna have a really weird weekend. It's not really a reading book or a management book, it's more a syllabus. So it, it, is, it is handy if you can just, uh, when you're working on something and you remember, oh yeah, she always talked about, I don't know, the Triple H model for planning your content and then go back to the book. Um, and also my students, I love it when they show me their copy of the book. Usually there's all sorts of like post-its sticking out uh, and, and notes added to it. Um, and, and that's the way a physical book is supposed to be used. It's an object you can, you can return to uh, at different points in time. Yeah, and I think, um, well, you, raised, you, you mentioned your, your video, uh, you know, uh, video marketing book. We actually have a comment from Remco Timmermans, uh, space influencer, saying great topics, so much to learn about video marketing. Many companies in my industry are very much struggling with video content creation. And I think it's interesting, you know, that you picked that specific topic and I, I wanna uh, dig a little bit into this. Obviously, you know, video has exploded from YouTube to TikTok to everybody basically creating a different format but the reality is that everybody still, well, from a communication perspective, the big question is, you know, how professional do you make your video? What expertise do you need inside the company? As you said, you don't need a camera crew, but you still can't just produce stuff, you know, where the sound is inaudible or the backdrop is, is, is not put together. So it's a bit of a, a challenge. So first of all, why did you pick video as the focus of an entire book? Uh, how relevant is it still uh, today, and how would you advise uh, communicators to kind of get started and get serious about video? That's a lot of questions. Uh, well, I, I mentioned the project I did for uh, creative entrepreneurs and performing artists, and I, I desperately, I was looking for a handbook that would teach me how to make a good video, and I couldn't find it. So that's why I wrote it myself. Um, it's always a, a, good, a good idea to write a book you were looking for yourself. And uh, specifically marketing videos is a big misunderstanding. Whenever someone starts in their head with a video project, they think they're going to make like a mini documentary or something. It is only a marketing video if it ends with a clear call to action. You want to change people's minds about something. You want them to subscribe, you want them to buy. You want them to react. Um, so that is work your way backwards. Think what is the change I want to bring with my video or a series of videos, which is always better and start. And that's the end of your video, the call to action. 
Now, the, the, the most important thing about all these trends converging right now, like user-generated content, uh, bigger bandwidth that is available with 5G coming up, better screens, uh, better camera phones with high-quality cameras, so uh, lots of software and tools that make it very easy for you to make attractive uh, videos. All of this is all a, a, a big hunger for videos, especially during the pandemic. We were hungry for some form of human contact and then having someone that looks, something that looks like a video call, it was the next, the, the, the closest thing we could get. So there are two main, main things to remember when you're making a marketing video. First of all, the basics for what is a good video are still the same. Um, meaning that um, the basics for lighting, the basics for audio, um, the basics for how how you show someone, uh, like in, in this case, I'm like a talking face. Where do you put the head? How much space? Do you... So these basics are still the same as they were 100 years ago. So you need, you need to learn those basics. And, and that's a, a big part of, of, of my book, is to show you, pay attention to audio. Audio is something bad. Audio, like the wind blowing in, in your microphone because you're uh, recording outside. This is something you cannot fix in post-production. So the basics are still the same. And the second thing is that uh, don't overproduce it. You need the basics to get these right, but don't overproduce it either because in today's uh, marketing videos, authenticity is more important than perfection. And, and, and this is why your audience will forgive you a lot. Um, even if you look like potato um, or you think that you're, um, I don't know, to add too fat, you look too fat, especially women can be very self-conscious. Um, if, for example, something small happened, like your cat is, is typically they will walk over your keyboard while you're recording a webinar. Um, these things will add to the authenticity, although from a video technical point of view, uh, they make your video technically um, less less perfect so the basics are still the same the basics of good video like lighting audio uh framing are still the same but on the other hand don't overproduce your video because authenticity is more important than perfection yeah i think that that point you make about authenticity is, is extremely interesting in fact you know the format of this show is we do it live and we do it you know over over people's webcams try to get a decent sound but it's a conversation and, you know, we're not going to go into a studio with uh, hundreds of people in the back uh, to produce it. Um, but we just want to get the conversation going. And I had a conversation actually a week ago, I think, with somebody from the commission who was talking about one of the big videos they produced during the uh, election campaign. And it, after analyzing it, they basically realized that this was overproduced and that it was so, you know, they had spent months producing it, big crew. And it just didn't feel authentic because it's just like, okay, clearly big agencies have been involved in that. Yeah. Um, but there is, of, of course, you know, some things that still have uh, a lot of production value that, that are very attractive. By the way, we have Justin saying, hello, everybody, happy Friday. And so there's Daniel uh, who's saying happy Friday. And Daniel is a big fan of one of your video recommendations, which is love, death and robots. I'm pretty yes. sure he's mentioned it before. So you had a couple of recommendations. Uh, you said that you you watched this episode and it, it changed your life, I think. Uh, yeah, it was, it was why we should watch it. 
So there's a number of things that I like about Netflix is that it is this huge catalog of things, sometimes very recent, like in the case of Love, Death and, and Robots, and some of them are like ancient and, and you can watch all of this and learn. But Love, Death and Robots, um, every episode is different. And what I like about one of the episodes is called Jibaro. Uh, so there is this, this filmmaker who specifically made a 15 minutes long movie, which is completely in 3D animation. So you don't see any actors, no live action. Everything is made on a computer. And I just want to show you uh, a, a really short clip um, yep. And it's 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 got it's unbelievable. It's it's real art is about the suspension of disbelief. So you do not believe that you're watching something that was made completely on a computer and in 3D animation. And it's got from a technical point, the storytelling is great because it's about a toxic relationship. Um, uh, between two people with all lots of red flags all over the place. But the animation contains, um, from a technical point of view, the hardest thing to animate, which is like shiny things, jewelry, water, hair, nature, everything is filmed inside a forest. And 3D animation is usually for children's movies. And, and this one called Jibaro, is made specifically for adults because there's a lot of blood and gore and some nudity in there as well. Um, and this only shows that, of course, it takes a creative genius to make something like this, um, a, a, a real professional. It just shows you the edge of what is now technically possible. And the next step is that um, artificial intelligence is being used to create videos on the fly. And that was one of my other uh, recommendations, which is an Instagram account. Uh, it's called, for those who are on Instagram, it's called Sierra Vega. And um, Sierra Vega doesn't really exist. Um, if, if you look like this is, this is not, doesn't look very exotic to most of you. Um, it is clearly created inside um, um, a gaming engine. And it, it looks like something inside of a, I don't know, a typical first person shooter, except that she looks inside into the camera. The weird thing about Sierra Vega is there is no copywriter, there's no advertising agency who comes up with a script that says we're going to have this virtual influencer. She's going to wear this and that, she's going to be in that room. Uh, her mood will be like she's depressed because she's alone. And she's going to say this, this, and this. It's not the case with Sierra Vega. None of this input is being yeah. given. Um, it's basically, literally, the team who created her uh, on top of an existing animation engine, uh, which is the Unreal Engine. They just literally push a physical button with the word content on it. And then the artificial intelligence, which has been fed, the algorithm has been fed with the typical type of content that uh, influencers make on Instagram and on TikTok. And it's kind of secretes uh, a video uh, that looks like the one I just showed you. It blows my mind because if you look at the comments, uh, people will, the followers of this Instagram account, it's like one month or two months old. They will talk to this instance, to this yeah, influencer as if she's real. Sometimes they're worried about her 
and she doesn't post in a full week, they will say, are you all right? So the whole idea of having a synthetic influencer um, that does not get any prompt or input from users, from uh, creators, from an agency, from an advertiser, whatever, no input whatsoever, it kind of makes me question what I thought uh, identity was about. She does not stand for someone else. She is not, um, she's her own thing. And, uh, and, and that's, that's, well, that's, I think, the next step. Having yeah. like digital entities creating their own content. Yeah, and we had the whole conversation around, you know, the Google AI that was yes. and is hiring a lawyer to prove that yes. he, she, it is, is, is alive. So that's going to be another conversation when these AIs create content and create conversations. And actually, you know, in the spirit of authenticity, uh, we've introduced a little uh, jingle for our recommendation segment. So uh, roll the uh, segment so we can actually share and come back to some more recommendations. So now that was some serious CGI right there. Um, <laughs> you could you could see the AI exploding in the back. And and by the way, there's I saw one of the Love, Death, and Robots, which I also recommend to check out on Netflix about a post-apocalyptic world in which humans are all dead and it's robots who are making comments about uh, why the humanity died and, and, and what stupid things they did before they, they destroyed themselves. Um, so uh, we have uh, another recommendation also. Uh, Lior has a, a podcast recommendation and then I'll come back to you, Cook. Yes, my recommendation of the week is Pivot. It's a podcast, as you say. It's run by... Uh, Kara Schwischer and, and we, NYU professor Scott Galloway, you know, Scott Galloway, who's always uh, fighting with Elon Musk <laughs> on Twitter. And uh, it's about tech, social media, business, politics as well a little bit. I really like that um, the podcast because it brings me up to speed with everything I need to know. It's quite on an advanced level. So um, so there's no basics, which which I like. It's, it's a really good podcast. Pivots. Yeah, yeah, fantastic kind of interaction. And if you want to see a, a fake Scott Galloway, watch We Crash on Apple TV, uh, which actually has him, but not him. They had an actor, so it's very strange, but uh, uh, fascinating show. Um, so, Chloe, you have a, a book, 100 Things We Lost to the Internet. Uh, tell us more about that. What have you lost to the Internet? Well, we, most people will say we've lost privacy. Yeah? That's that's one of those, those big... Uh, because um, the killer, the killer app is is uh, of digital. The the biggest feature of digital is that you can do copy paste without losing quality of the image of the text, etc. Which means that a digital image can live on forever and come back to haunt you. Uh, a, a tweet can uh, a screenshot of a tweet or an email can live on forever and then and then destroy your career and reputation ten years uh, after after you published it. Uh, something that is said in private, a conversation, a private communication can all of a sudden become uh, public. So I think that's that's what we've lost, uh, not just to the internet, but to the fact that um, because it is digital, um, it can be copied um, and, and taken out of a very private context uh, uh, and uh, in an unlimited way. There are no limits to copying and pasting. Yeah, it's and it makes uh, original content more more difficult to discern, especially when it's memeified. So Justin said, with uh, adverts getting shorter to cater to our collective short attention span, it's now harder to achieve authenticity. 
I think length plays an important part, and I think consumers may need to absorb an immense uh, and immerse themselves in content. Uh, well, I mean, you know, I, I think we talked about authenticity earlier, uh, and you know, it's having a real conversation. Also, one of the reasons we do this live is because uh, it doesn't, you know, it's not edited, it's not reworked after. It's it's the conversation we're having right now with all the, uh, you know, all the glitches and all the issues that come. But you know that it's it's genuine, uh, and we're not faking it. Uh, but the other thing we do with this is, of course, we record it, we then create clips, and we run them uh, after so people can see the bits that they're interested in because they do need uh, much shorter content. But I guess your your third book recommendation, The Dawn of Everything, A New History of Humanity, that's probably not, not a short uh, book recommendation. Is, it a, is this sapiens-like? It is sapiens-like, uh, but more linked to digital technology. I think there is a place for long form as well. Um, and uh, I, I'm not one of those people who says that because of social media, we all have a shorter attention span. I don't believe that the way our brains work has changed in the past one, 10, 100, 1,000 years. Um, but long form has its place. Um, I do enjoy, uh, uh, I, try, I try to read almost daily, basically. Um, there's there's three main sources. When, when I blog or tweet or send my weekly newsletter, so the input comes from a lot of long form uh, uh, formats. And, and there's first of all Feedly. Feedly is a tool where you can subscribe to RSS feeds and it kind of keeps my mind open. Second is books like the ones we've just mentioned. Uh, and then third is a, a lot of newsletters. I think newsletters that curate stuff for you uh, or a very powerful form uh, to have uh, a, a weekly or a monthly connection with whatever your audience is. And, and uh, the good thing about newsletters is also that you're not dependent on the whim of a social media platform. Uh, when people have literally given you the permission to send them something every week and you do your best to make sure that it actually, they're happy to receive whatever you're sending every week, it has value for them. I think that is very powerful. And that's another recommendation that if you want to open your mind a little bit and come into contact with recommendations for newsletters, um, it is a, there's a newsletter, coincidentally, it's very meta, it's called The Sample. So um, uh, I think the URL is sample.ai and there is AI involved. Basically, when you get a recommendation for a newsletter in your inbox, and you decide to subscribe or you tell the algorithm that it's not your thing, it'll gradually learn more and more about you. And for me, it, it kind of, uh, sometimes if you're in, sometimes we get inside our own filter bubble and we read and we see and we follow the same things every day. And the sample uh, specifically for newsletters kind of helps you break out of your own filter bubble. Yeah, we have a couple of people watching. Ajayla is saying, interesting topic. Gaurav saying, the conversation is really, really interesting. Glad to be here. So uh, happy to have some uh, live viewers. Uh, you, you have another book recommendation called Imaginable. Uh, tell us more about that. That's about the future. Jane McGonagall uh, became famous as uh, with a viral TED Talk uh, about game fate. I know that one of the things that she's known for is that she shows uh, the work of a photographer of people's game faces. 
uh, and she popularized a number of concepts uh, like uh, getting into the flow uh, when you're, uh, for example, playing a game or being creative. She has now come out with a book that teaches you how to think about the future. So she's not the first one, she's not the only one. But what I like about the way she looks at uh, thinking models uh, to think about the future into the year 2050, for example, um, is that she leaves, she teaches you uh, how, but also why you should think about the future. Because for humans, it's very hard to think about the future. You cannot imagine your future self. Your future self is a stranger to you uh, compared to your past self. Um, and there are no data about the future. It's literally impossible to tell what will happen next year or in five years. Uh, but she leaves room for some sort of um, intellectual serendipity and uh, to, to open your own mind using the frameworks that she will, uh, she explains in her book, uh, to open your mind uh, while thinking about the future so that we don't end up in a, a post-apocalyptic world where robots uh, casually talk about the many reasons why humans uh, have been, uh, have died out. I like yeah. it a lot. It made me feel better about the future, really. No, it sounds fantastic. And actually, you know, you talked about ways of thinking and mental models. That's one of my favorite topics. Yes. And for this, I've been reading this book. Actually, it's part of a three-part series. It's called The Great Mental Models, and it's by Farnham Street. Uh, definitely a fantastic blog with great articles. But uh, I love books. Uh, and this book is beautiful. I mean, it's like, it's edited with illustrations. It's uh, nicely put together. It smells nice. Uh, yeah. So I strongly recommend this uh, if you like books. And it really brings together the best or the most interesting mental models, which allows you to switch the way you think, part of what I call uh, hyper-shifting under the uh, hyper-thinking framework. And, uh, but it lists them and it explains with illustrations the best mental model. If you go to the uh, blog of S, uh, F.S. Barnum, uh, Farnham Street, you'll see uh, articles about this. So uh, great recommendation. Um, I mean, it's been really, really interesting, uh, Chloe. We've had a lot of uh, comments and we will be posting all your recommendations on uh, our different channels so people can check them. And of course, we invite everyone who's watching to make their own suggestions so we can check and share that with uh, the community uh, next time. So thank you very much for sharing all this. Uh, have a fabulous weekend. And we will see you next uh, Friday, if not online before, on ZN Live. There we go. Thanks for having me. Bye, Thank everyone. you very much, Claude. Bye.